Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome to the CHS Coaches Show. I'm your host, Tony Landry, and uh, Coach uh, Matt Desimbo here with us. The CHS Coaches Show can be heard every Monday night from uh, a little after 6 p.m. till 6.45 to the end of the football season. Then every other week beginning January to the end of the school year. And, of course, the CHS Coaches Show is brought to you in part by Gulf America Wild Rope, Romero's Power Sports, Sester Wealth Management, The Landscape Ranch, Freeman's Furniture, Allstate Credit, R&R Glass, Hennigan Team Dentistry, the UPS Store, Catholic High School, Mustang Patu, Integrity Rentals, B&L Engine Repair, Gulf Marine, Action Specialties, HMC Farms, uh, Dr. Rosen's Wigs Group, United Fire and Safety, Swing Insurance, Stepco Products, Colder CPAs, HIS Fire and Safety, and Musso's uh, Investment Group. We're here at the studios of Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240 at uh, 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's, which is closed. You can listen to the CHS Coaches Show while streaming on the Internet at www.kane1240.com or sign up for the Simple Radio app and negotiate through the app and listen to the Kane Radio you can now listen to Kane Radio on the FM band 107.5. Also, if you have an Alexa, just say Alexa, play Kane 1240, and it will. Anyway, Coach, Catholic High had one of the toughest losses I've seen in a long time. Panthers played so well defensively as they could, and Panthers got in the red zone a few times but could not get into the end zone other than the 39-yard uh, field goal by Bennett Boudreaux in the, earlier in the game. Panthers had an opportunity late with under a minute left in the game, and uh, – uh, you know, you know, your seniors had a tough, uh, tough night. Uh, um, how'd you handle that? And why don't you tell our fans a little bit about the game that processed uh, uh, last Friday night? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it, it was it was a rough one for everyone involved um, on our on our end of it. Um, you know, I felt like our guys went out there and played hard for 48 minutes, which is you know really all you can ask of, of your kids of your team. Um, like you like you mentioned, our defense played lights out. Um, we we're talking all fair that you know that was probably their best effort, other than maybe you know in my opinion the Parkview game. <clears throat> but you know they came out, they played they played lights out from the very beginning to the very end. <clears throat> you know offensively, I felt like we played pretty well at times. Um, we moved the ball pretty well, but you know it, it's kind of like we couldn't just quite we couldn't quite finish it off. Whether we you know whether we had a turnover or you know a fourth and short, just couldn't pick it up. A couple turnover on downs, <clears throat> things like that. Um, you know, bad decisions, whatever, whatever the reason was, you know, we just didn't play a clean enough game like we needed to to better come out on top against a team like that. Um, you know, we started the game off offensively, moved the ball. We picked up a couple first downs. Then we had a turnover on downs. Um, you know, it was about a fourth and three. Uh, you know, I uh, felt like our guys competed well, turned the ball over right there. Our defense came out. I'm pretty sure we had a three and out. I mean, we had a lot of, a lot of three and outs defensively um, Friday night. Uh, you know, Coach O came up with a great game plan. You know, our guys executed it perfectly because, um, because the, you know, the, those guys weren't bad. Um, no. Very good skilled players. They're pretty big up front. Their O-line does a good job <clears throat> getting that first level and not always a great job getting to the second level. So our linebackers did a really good job of running to the ball, <laughs> making plays. Um, but, you know, kind of the same thing. We got the ball back. We drove. Um, I think the second series might have been when we kicked the field goal. Um, somewhere around there we drove, got into the got into the – you know, got got into the field goal range and kicked the 38, 39-yard field goal. Bennett Boudreaux, you know, knocked it in, um, connected perfectly, just like we kind of expected. You know, I, I had no no doubt that he was going to make it when we went for it. Um, 
and kind of the same thing back and forth. You know, our defense kept getting good stops. Um, sometimes we put them in bad positions because, like I said, we went for that first fourth down. Um, it was like a fourth and three, probably about the 35-yard line. So it was a short field for them. Um, but, they, you know, they, they responded all night long. Um, you know, later in the game, we start moving the ball in the second half. Um, driving down, we go with a little naked concept where we, you know, run, a, run action. Um, rolling out, we kind of pull up, kind of hold on to the ball. Um, instead of continue that rollout, throwing it, um, and that guy, their guy comes blindside. Luke hits him in the back as we're moving the ball, um, you know, down the field. Um, like you mentioned earlier, that that ball bounced about 30 yards before anyone ended up picking it up, and they ended up picking it up, scooping and scoring, and that ended up being, you know, the ball game right there. Um, you know, offense came back on, moved the ball again. I think we ended up punting it away. Defense got a big stop. Offensively, we're starting to move the ball again. I think this is the fourth quarter going down. We throw, um, you know, a little comeback concept. To Joe LeBlanc comes up, makes a great play, catches the ball, starts trying to make him, you know, making a good, trying to make a play, um, you know, giving great effort going downfield, and he makes one guy miss, and the second guy comes from behind, pops him pretty good, ball pops out, um, you know, they end up picking it up. Luckily, their knee was on the ground because he ended up taking it pretty far. I don't know if he got get to the end zone or not, but I knew they were calling him down, so I, I kind of quit watching and kind of trying to go back to the going back to the play call call sheet, trying to get ready for the next series. Um, you know, defense gets the stop. Uh, you know, we drive down, we end up, we end up turning it, punting it away. Um, with a few minutes to go, we burn two timeouts. Defense knows we got to get a quick three and out to give us a chance. You know, they, they go out there, they execute, they get the stop. Um, I think we had like a minute 14, minute 15, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. No timeouts left. Um, so, you know, we, we're going in there, no huddle, two-minute drill, um, two minute drill um, um, tempo. And our guys are doing a pretty good job. You know, we're moving the ball. Um, we go to one of our top, you know, top red zone concepts at the last play. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things we could say that could have happened, this, that, whatever. But, you know, our guys were going out there trying to make plays. You know, every single one of them, all 64 guys on the team, you know, they were, they were giving it whatever they could, whether they were a scout team guy on the sideline rooting for their teammates or the guy on the field, um, you know, went out there. Um, we had a little bit of pressure in the pocket. Luke's moving around, you know, tries to make, tries to make a, a hard throw in. You know, their, their defender does a great job. He undercuts it, makes a great play. You know, I saw exact, a play exactly like that yesterday. I can't remember what game it was. Um, but, you know, he, he made a phenomenal play, um, you know. Um, and there was, you know, and that was it, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, of course, the, the play that got you in uh, scoring uh, capability was that pass from Luke uh, Landry over to Jaden Mitchell. I think it was a 45, 48-yard uh, completion. They got the ball back down to about the 10-yard line. Yeah, 11-yard line maybe, if my memory serves me correctly. And, oh, I don't know what, maybe 27 seconds left to go in the game, something like that. Uh, Panthers had an opportunity to punch it in. Of course, like you said, um, one of their defenders made a great play on the ball uh, underneath and uh, pretty much with the uh, interception, uh, 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 pretty much was the ball game with Catholic Eye out of timeouts and uh, uh, Lake Charles. Uh, they knew they were in a game, too. Uh, you could see them uh, – uh, jumping up and down later on the field but just amazing a sack fumble uh uh and it, the ball is literally pushed down the field by both teams trying to recover the fumble and lo and behold uh last man standing i guess uh picked it up from uh, lake charles college prep and uh raced about 40 yards 45 yards into the end zone and uh, uh at that time i was saying you know uh, panthers are moving the ball they should score again and uh, just didn't happen. And uh, when you think about it, just uh, unbelievable uh, how that game turned uh, just on that one play. And Catholic High's defense, as you mentioned, uh, 
uh, and we mentioned on the air more than once, just was playing outstanding. Uh, your team uh, uh, do, doing a great job in that regard uh, uh, with uh, them against uh, Lake Charles College Prep. So uh, anyway, uh, the season's over, Coach, and uh, uh, basically what a fine year you had. Uh, the team won eight games during the course of the year, lost three, of which uh, one looks like might be a state champion in Vermillion uh, Catholic. Uh, the other game you uh, uh, lost during the year was to uh, Ascension Episcopal, who who, uh, who played pretty well, but they got hammered by uh, a state champ uh, in South Lake, Ch- I mean, uh, uh, St. Charles Catholic. Yep, St. Charles, a good, a good team year in, year out. Yeah, and uh, I think Frank Monica's nephew, uh, Stein, now is a coach of that team uh, in that uh, regard. So, uh, anyway, if Catholic High won the game, they'd have journeyed to Baton Rouge Friday night to take on ULAB, uh, I believe, which is a, a really a, a quality football team. Uh, uh, in that regard, so we'll see how uh, Lake Charles College Prep does. But uh, uh, ULAB, uh, they've got four or five, I think, Division One players are literally on that team this year, too. Uh, pretty impressive uh, when you go through their roster uh, with that. But anyway, Coach, uh, after the game that night, of course, tough, tough, tough loss. Uh, what did you have to tell your seniors, uh, football players? Um, you know, for the most part, just just thanking them for for you know for buying in, for selling out for this team and this staff. You know, with the new staff, new coach, and everything. Um, you know, because obviously, anytime there's a change in staff, things are very different, and it's it's tough for those kids to make that adjustment to to buy in to you know to commit to it, um, especially not knowing how things are going to go. Um, so you know, that, that's basically what it was. I was thanking them. Um, you know, because it, it had been easy after week one, after we got, you know, got beat by VC to, to say, oh, same old, same old, you know, right. might as well go back to doing what we're doing. But but those guys never did. You know, they, they continued to work hard. They continued to compete. Um, and, you know, I was very proud of them. You know, I told them, I thank, thanked them, and I apologized to them. You know, uh, that wasn't the way any of us expected to go out. Um, but, you know, every year there's only 18, well, especially now there's only eight teams that finish right. the season they wanted to finish the way they want it to finish. And, um, you know, it, it just is what it is. We, we didn't play a clean enough game. Like I said earlier, we absolutely had the effort. You know, our guys our guys sold out. They tried. They did everything they could. And sometimes it just goes that way. Yeah. Um, no, no, no no real explanation for, for why things happen sometimes the way they do. But, like I said, you know, I, I just thanked those guys and told them how proud of them I was. And, and you know, and that, you know, football's a very small part of what they're going to do with their lives. And, I, I, you know, the way that most of those guys have grown and developed <laughs> – um, in the past year and a half since I've been with them, um, you know, it, it's been very, very refreshing to see. And, 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 you know, I'm very proud of all those guys, no matter, you know, what their their athletic accomplishments end up being. They, they're turning to some pretty good young men, and I'm proud of them. Yeah. And do you know of any uh, opportunities some of these uh, 14 seniors might have on the next level? Um, you know, there's they, they have some walk-on opportunities. That's something that some of them are interested in. I'm not sure you know exactly what okay. their plans are you know we'll we'll have that exit meeting conversation and you know uh-huh. if it's if they want to play the next level we'll I'll do what I can to try to give them an opportunity sure sure whether it be even junior college or uh uh, uh NAIA but uh, an opportunity to play at uh, the next level anyway you know we mentioned off the air I think you said uh you had 14 seniors it, does that also include Carson Broussard who was hurt yes, earlier during the course of the year yes uh, that does Anyway, Coach, I, I thought maybe it'd be a nice time to uh, acknowledge each one of those 14 seniors. Uh, take your time and uh, talk a little about each one. That uh, We have a list here that's uh, numerically so uh, here set up for you. And uh, why don't you go ahead 
And talk about the first one on the list. Yeah, the first one on the list is Keith Valle, um, who was a DB wide receiver for us. Um, he played a lot of special teams for us. Um, once once Corson got injured, he did start a couple games for us, and he did some really good things for us. He ended up having a little hamstring injury, too, that um, kind of kept him out for – didn't really keep him out, but, but um, slowed him down. Um, but, you know, Keith, you know, he, he's one of those guys, like I was talking about, that bought into the program. You know, he was with me all spring, too, because he wasn't in a, um, a spring sport last year. Um, but, you know, the, the growth that I've seen in him, not, not just as a football player, but as a young man, you know, it, it's really pleasing to see. Um, and, you know, I think if he keeps working and keeps, you know, doing the right things, I think he has a, a very, very bright future. He's a very intelligent young man um, when he decides to put his, you know, his mind into everything. And, and you know, I'm really proud of him. I'm <laughs> one of the guys I'm probably most proud of. Um, and, you know, really excited to see what the future holds for him. Um, the next one, number six, Marcus Austin. Um, another one of those guys that was with me all spring. Um, you know, his his role, we weren't sure exactly what it was going to be going to the season. Um, he was a run – obviously he ended up being pretty much our starting running back most of the year. Um, he also played some DB. Um, you know, I had a conversation with him last year because he was behind some pretty good running backs um, and Javon and, you know, a couple other guys at the time um, that – you know, I, I don't know what his role will be as a running back. He'd definitely have some carries here and there, but we talked about possibly, you know, him possibly being a starting cornerback for us. Um, and he, you know, he bought into that and, and, and he was, he, you know, he was working his, his tail off to try to be a good cornerback. And then we ended up having some things happen. You know, we lost one of our running backs and then the scrimmage Javon sprained, um, hurt his knee, his meniscus, and we're kind of down to in a bond right there. And he made a couple of nice runs for well, you last Friday. And then that's, you know, then we ended up basically having that conversation with him, like, look, we need you back on offense. You know, that's going to be your primary spot. You know, you'll still work some cornerback when we need you. Um, and, he, you know, like I said, from the get-go, he was good. He said, Coach, I just, I just want to play football. You know, I don't care where it is. And, um, you know, he ended up having a really good year, especially for a small guy, another size guy like he is. Um, yeah, like you said, though, he had, you know, one of the runs he had Friday night was, was phenomenal. I mean, for, especially for a little guy like him, he went in there, he, you know, a guy hit him in the hole. He, he brought the contact to him. He bounced off. He, he t- spun off of it and made a big play. I think it was a third and eight, something like that. And he picked about 14 yards. Uh, but no, Marcus had a phenomenal year for us, you know, more than I think any of us thought going into the season um, just because of the depth and all that. But, um, but no, I mean, he played his tail off. He did anything we asked of him. Um, and he, you know, he's one of those guys, like I said, that, that definitely bought in and, and had a great year. Um, next on here, number eight, Connor Segura. Um, he was our tight end, basically our starting tight end. Um, you know, he was one of those guys that we had some question marks about after last year. Um, you know, he, he, he did some good things, but, you know, he wasn't always the most physical at the point of attack. And, um, you know, at the very beginning of the year, we kind of had a, a conversation with, or I had a conversation with him like, look, man, you know, I know what you're capable of but you need to know what you're capable of and you need to be able to do it and you need to go out there and be physical and take contact to other guys. And, and, you know, he, he, he bought in, he did it and he had a really good year. You know, Connor, Connor had some good catches. He had some really good blocks. You know, most of the time people don't really see all the blocking that's involved. Um, but you know, he had a phenomenal year, um, made some, some big plays for us throughout the year. I mean, he had one of the biggest, biggest catches in the um, units game, that touchdown that he caught, um, but, you know, like I said, he, he, he bought in and he, he, you know, he, he made the adjustments that we needed him to make. And, and you know, that, that's a testament to him about how coachable he is, how, how hard of a worker he is, and what he's willing to do for his team. Um, next, Devin Mouton, number nine, um, defensive end and running back. He was our, pretty much our fullback all year um, and in, in a, true 20, a true 12 personnel looks. I mean, 21 personnel, sorry. Um, 
you know, he was our blocking fullback at times. He, he carried the ball quite a bit, you know, early in the year, especially before Javon came back. Um, in those situations where we're trying to kind of run the clock out, try to play that four-minute offense, he, he ended up getting a lot of carries just because, you know, like I said, Marcus is a really good running back, but Marcus is also about 145 pounds. Right. Um, so, you know, when we're trying to just run the clock and try to run, you know, try to pick up three yards here, three yards here, four yards here to get those first downs. He was that guy that would go in, you know, Devin's a 210-pound guy, you know, really strong kid. Um, you know, so he, he that was kind of his role early in the year, and, and he obviously started a defensive end for us too. Um, but, you know, as the year went on, he, he, he accepted that, you know, he wasn't going to get that many carries and he was going to be a blocking fullback, and and he loved it. You know, he, he went out there and he, he brought contact to guys. He made things happen for us. You know, if we didn't have him, we'd have been in a bind in a lot of situations. Um, you know, he had some pretty good carries Friday night as well um, out of our, our two-back look, um, some different situations. We thought we had some good looks to different things, and he, he did a great job, you know. Um, at defensive end, he dominated the edge. He'd set the edge. Um, you know, his stats weren't always the greatest in the world, but that's because, you know, our D-line did some really good things and let our running backs flow all year long. Um, so, you know, he, he was a, a, a huge benefactor for our team. You know, he did some great things for us um, all year long. Um, still talking about defensive end next to Roar Shank. Um, he was the other other starting defensive end, number 10. Um, kind of like Devin, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, those two guys did, did really good things for us. Um, like I said, they were physical. Uh, he was another speedy guy. Um, you know, he'd set that edge. He, he'd run guys down. Um, he, he, he was a motor guy. Um, that was one thing about him. We, we, never, we never doubted his effort. Um, technique wasn't always where we would like for it to have been, but he always made up for it with that effort, with that 110%, you know, um, ability, that 110% motor always going after guys, you know, making, making quarterbacks' lives miserable, um, you know, zone, zone stuff. He'd chase it down from behind, um, you know. So another one of those big-time guys for us on the defensive line with our seniors. All right, next, you mentioned him earlier, Corson Broussard. Um, you know, his, his season unfortunately ended, I believe it was week two against Parkview um, with his ACL tear. But, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about him. Um, you know, there were some things that he would do that, that I didn't necessarily agree with, um, you know, the way he would act after, after plays and things like that. You know, same things you see on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. And we had a discussion about it. You know, we talked about it. And, um, you know, he was definitely making changes for the better, in my opinion. Um, I just wish I could. I wish it had been in a play for all the whole season, just yeah. to continue to see him develop as a player, as a young man. Um, but you know, even after he was hurt, he didn't miss anything. He'd come to on Mondays. He'd come to six fifteen workouts on time. Um, he was on his crutches, couldn't really do much. But he, you know, he was part of that team. Um, he did everything he could. The only times he ever missed was when he had PT. When he go to physical therapy and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, he was a huge part of this team, even after he got injured. Um, like I said, I can't say enough good things about Corson. Just the way he developed, the way he he made changes to to the way he played, changes to to what he did to be to be a better football player, to be a better young man. Um, and he's another one that you know I'm I'm so pleased with, and I can't wait to see you know what the future holds for him because he's another kid that has a lot of a lot of potential in, in whatever it is that he does. Um, next one, Javon Brown, um, another one that that had didn't have the season he kind of expected going into it. Um, I think it was the first carry that he had in the um, scrimmage that he actually uh, partially tore his meniscus. Um, he ended up playing a couple more plays, uh, but then it, it just kept bothering him. And, and you know, I told him, and he told me, I was like, all right, well, you know, go sit down. Fig- I didn't think it was going to be anything like it was. Um, but, you know, he, he kind of got banged up in that very first game in that scrimmage. Um, so he ended up being out. 
until Eunice was when he came back. So he came back week five. Um, but you know, going into surgery, they weren't sure exactly what the what the damage was going to be, how bad it was going to be. Pretty much best case scenario is what ended up happening. They had been a comeback week four, week five, week six, somewhere in that range. And fortunately, that was the case. You know, he came back, he made an impact right away. You know, against Eunice, there were some plays, sometimes where we needed a big back back there just to keep the ball moving, keep the um, keep our offense on the field, and, and he was able to step up and do it. Um, you know, against Franklin, he had a big game, a big body guy back there. You know, carrying the ball. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I, you know, I wish I could have seen him play for 10 weeks, 11 weeks, um, just like I was saying for Carson. But, you know, I was happy for him that that he did get the prognosis he did, that he was able to come back and finish the year just because he had a great off season. You know, he worked hard. He had a great summer. Um, you know, I, I, going into the season, I thought he was going to have a phenomenal year. Um, and then, you know, had that big setback. Um, but he ended up having a really good year. He did a good job in district. He did a good job, you know, Friday night. Um, against Eunice all the, all the time, the whole time that he got the chance to play. You know, he, he capitalized, he made good plays, and he did some great things for us. Go ahead, right. Yeah, go ahead, Coach. Okay. We, we got time. Okay. Moving on to our big guys now. Um, you know, we had a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of O-line, D-line guys that were losing in this class. You know, four of our starting offensive linemen were seniors. Um, like I said, Devin and, and Jeroy, our two, two starting defensive ends were seniors, and we had some guys that rotated in there. Um, so the next one on, on the list is Will Minville. Um, Will, you know, he, he was a great O-line D lineman. Um, he played right tackle for us. He had an injury, so he missed, I think, one game, about one and a half games. Um, but, you know, he, he, he had a great year. Um, he was really physical, really smart kid, made a lot of calls up front, you know, did some really good things. Um, he was our right tackle, and he played defensive tackle for us. Uh, you know, another guy, kind of like I talked about Gerard earlier, with a great motor. Um, anytime he was on the field, he he was trying to make plays. He was moving. He was making plays, you know, striking the offensive line, using his hands, great technique, probably the best technician that we had on the defensive line this year. Um, and like I said, you know, he, he, he just did some really good things, a really smart player, a really physical player. will be, you know, be tough to replace him next year, sure. just like any of these guys. Um, next, Thomas Boyer. His, our starting linebacker also played some O-line. Um, he ended up not playing very much this year for us because, you know, obviously I, I feel like we're a lot better. We can be as much one way as possible, keep those guys fresh. Um, we see what cramps, we saw what cramps can do week one against VC. Um, but Thomas, you know, he, he was our quarterback of the defense. Uh, he made all the calls. He, he got guys lined up. Um, tough, tough, tough kid. He played all year with a, a banged-up shoulder. He actually separated his shoulder um, in the scrimmage too. You know, that scrimmage – that was that, that was a bad start to the season for us, um, but he separated his shoulder in the scrimmage. Um, so he, I mean, he only played I think maybe one series, you know, four or five plays on defense, and it happened. Um, he didn't play in the jamboree. We kept him out of the jamboree because there was really no point. Um, let him ha- let him let him heal up a little bit, uh, and you know he's played all, he played all year with it. Sometimes it would separate, and he you know pop back in, and he he'd come out for a play or two, go right back in. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's a testament to him, how, how bad he wanted, how hard he was willing to work. Um, you know, he was doing therapy all year long. He'd go to therapy, come back for practice, different things like that to try to get that shoulder as, as healthy as possible to better do as much as he could. Um, and like I said, I can't say nothing, anything but good things about Thomas. You know, he, he, I think as a, as a young man, he's grown a lot. Um, you know, last year when I first got here, you know, there was some, he, he got himself in a little bit of trouble here and there, which – most high school high school boys do, yep. um, but you know we've had conversations, and you know I've seen I've seen a lot of growth in him. Um, he, he's he's a true leader. 
Um, you know, he's one of the leaders at, in, in the school sitting, not, not just on the football team. You know, he's in student council. He's, he's, in, he's in all these different clubs. Um, he does National Honor Society tutoring and just all kind of different things. Um, and, you know, I, I'm very pleased with him, very happy with, with the growth I've seen in him. Um, still makes some mistakes like anyone does, like we all do. But, you know, he, he learns from those mistakes and he grows. And, you know, I'm very pleased with, with the football season he had, the football player he is, and more importantly, the young man that he is. Um, next one, my, my, my little nephew, uh, Drew, yep. Drew Desimo, um, you know, I was really excited about getting the opportunity to coach him, um, you know, family and all that. Um, so, you know, it was, it was fun coaching him. He, he drove me crazy sometimes. Uh, you know, we didn't always see eye to eye cause our personalities were very different, but man, he's a heck of a football player. Um, you know, he's a really good, really good offensive lineman and defensive lineman. Um, wherever we needed him, he was, he was willing to go. You know, the last couple of years, he moved back and forth from center to guard, from center to guard, different things like that. Um, we were able to keep him at guard all year long, um, which is where I wanted him. Um, but, you know, he was willing to move to center if we didn't need him to because, you know, going into the season, we weren't sure how that was going to work out. Um, I'll get to that in a second when I get to holding LeBlanc. Um, but, you know, Drew, Drew played, played his tail off all year long. Once again, he's another, another really, really physical player. Sometimes he's a little bit too physical in the offensive line. Um, you know, sometimes he was a little, little over anxious and his steps weren't as good as they could have been. But, you know, that's something that you can't coach. You can't coach that physicality. So so you can you can kind of talk him into it and work on slowing down, doing a better job with those technique steps. But um, but no, he had a great year. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm obviously going to miss miss having him on the team. Um, you know, I think I think all the coaches will, all the kids will. He, he, he can be a goober sometimes. But um, but, you know, he's one heck of a football player. Um, next one is Hunter Abair who's an O-line, D-line guy. Um, you know, Hunter Hunter wasn't really a Friday night player. Um, I, think he, I think last year was his junior year was his first time playing football. Um, but, you know, Hunter was a, a, a great teammate. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy that you want on your sidelines. Um, you know, whenever his number got called, you know, in some of those games, he gets some reps here and there, and he was pumped, ready to go. The kids were happy for him. Um, but, you know, he, he always did anything you asked of him. You know, he was always in there for scout team reps, trying to get the team better. Um, doing you know doing his part whatever his part was you know and like I told him at the end I said you know you you've been an ultimate teammate for these guys you know I'm so proud of you um and and, and you know he never questioned you know his role he, he he was good with it you know he still worked to try to get more playing time try to get better and he did get a lot better um but you know he, he was a great teammate to everybody he was a great great guy out there um fun to be around hard worker um phenomenal kid um next Holden LeBlanc you know, I mentioned when I was talking about Drew, mentioned Holden LeBlanc. You know, Holden ended up being our center this year. Um, going into the season, we weren't sure who it was going to be. I knew he, I knew he had a chance to be the guy. And, I, you know, as a senior, I was hoping he could step up and be the guy. Um, but, you know, he he played a little bit, you know, as a junior um, on, on D-line more, a little bit on O-line. Um, but, you know, I told him, you know, last spring, he's another one of those guys that didn't do a spring sport. So he was with me all spring long in the weight room, you know, on the, on the practice field, you know, working out, conditioning and all that. Told him, I said, look, this is this is your job to take. I said, but you got to be willing to take it. Um, and you know, he went out there and he, he he worked his tail off. You know, he he worked from the first day that that I started going with the kids once I got announced um, up until Friday night. You know, he he worked worked his tail off. He did everything that I asked of him. Um, you know, he wasn't quite as big as some of our other guys, but but you know, he made up for it with effort. And he he you know, I think he had a great year. He he did a really good job for us. Um, you know, center was not a weakness for us, which we were concerned about going into the season. Um, you know, I feel like he had a great year and he, he did a phenomenal job. Um, next James Jones. Uh James was 
our other guard, you know, him and Drew played guards. Um, James also played D-line. Um, James was a, a big-time player for us. You know, he was physical. Anytime he'd pull, you know, guys would feel it. They'd feel the pain. Um, well, at D-line, he did some really good things for us. He used his hands really well. He'd strike those offensive linemen, set the tone, um, hold his gap, let those linebackers, like I mentioned a couple of times, let those linebackers better run free to make plays. Um, you know, James, James is a really good athlete. He runs well. Um, he, he, you know, there's not many bad things I can say. I mean, there's so many different things that he does well that, that I could keep going on and on about. Um, but, you know, James, like I said, he, he was physical. Um, he, he flew around technique-wise. He was good. Um, he, he, he's just a really good player. You know, we're, we're definitely going to miss having him. Yeah, Coach, uh, is, that, uh, is that you got one more one left? One more. Okay. All right, last one, the big guy, Cam Landor. Um, you know, going into the season, another one that was with me in the spring, um, you know, a lot of guys said that we're not going to get anything out of Cam, um, this and that. And I said, well, I said, we got to get something out of that big guy. I said, you know, he, he, he has to be one of our starting D-linemen. He has to better work, and he has to find his way. And, you know, I talked to him. You know, we had conversations um, going into the season, and he, he, he had a great year. Um, his stats weren't phenomenal just because he was taking on double teams and sometimes triple teams all the time. Um, but, you know, Cam had a great year. Uh, you know, there's a couple times where he kind of lost his cool. We had to kind of kind of bring him back, rein him down, and, and get him back ready to go. Um, but, you know, Cam had a great year. He's a smart kid. You know, he knew everything on the defense. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, he, he, he's another one of those guys that made it easy for those linebackers because um, that's a big boy. Yeah, he and, is a big and, boy. And they, uh, you know, other teams had to, had to double team him all the time. Um, like I said, he didn't make a whole lot of plays, but he let other guys make plays. And, you know, that's part of his job. And he, he never complained. He never questioned it. He just went out there and he went to work every single day. Yeah, that he did. That he did. Anyway, Coach, uh, you know, that's your uh, 14 seniors who played their last game for Catholic High uh, in that regard. I think we got them all. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the CHS Coaches Show here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Catholic High School is dedicated to the development of 4th through 12th grade students through academic excellence and Christ-centered values rooted in caring discipline, compassion, and zeal. CHS offers a variety of classes to serve all students, including band, photography, dual enrollment college credit courses, as well as 14 sports for male and female students. Call us today for your personal tour and visit www.chspanthers.com for more details. This ranch is not about cattle or animals. We're talking about plants and much, much more. That's the Landscape Ranch right here in New Iberia. You can find all sorts of plants such as annuals, palm trees, and container trees, as well as a variety of chemicals and fertilizers to keep them healthy. Locally owned, they provide bulk materials such as sand, soil, limestone, rock, and they'll deliver right to your doorstep. While you're there, you can visit their lobby. You'll find gifts provided by local artists. The Landscape Ranch, located where Jefferson Terrace meets Main Street. Looking for a quick and easy no-hassle loan? Look no longer and go visit Sherlow or Ruby at Allstate Credit. The good folks at Allstate Credit are willing to help you with a small loan. They will treat you as a special and personable customer because they've been serving New Iberia for almost a half a century. So stress no longer. Come visit Sherlow or Ruby at Allstate Credit at 1112 Center Street or call them at 364-4538. Allstate Credit all the time. Times are tough right now for small businesses, but as a small business owner, you're pretty tough too. In case you needed a reminder, you started your own business. And while there's certainly more challenges ahead, the UPS Store is always here to help. 
Should your small business need any ing, we're ready with every ing. Printing, mailboxing, notarizing, whatever ing we can do. The UPS Store. Every ing for small business, all in one place. The UPS Store. The UPS Store franchise locations are independently owned and operated. Services pricing and hours may vary. See center for details. BNL Engine Service is in need of two diesel technicians who are experienced in repairing and servicing 18-wheelers. You must have your own tools, transportation, and a clean driving record. Pay is dependent upon experience. Benefits include employee health care, holiday pay, and vacation pay. Call 337-365-2111 for more information. Once again, call 337-365-2111. Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome back to the CHS Coaches Show. I'm your host, Tony Landry, along with head coach Matt Desimo. And coach, uh, basketball is cranking up right now. And uh, with that, the boys have basically played two games. Of course, I'm sure you'd like to see some of uh, uh, the football players who play basketball would be playing next Friday night, but not to be. And uh, with that, they opened up the season back on the 17th, I guess, uh, as a uh, uh, loss to, uh, uh, I guess, Lacassine or uh, Midland, excuse me, yep. 52-49. Then they came back to beat Hackberry uh, 44-33 with that team. Of course, they're going to reload, I guess. Uh, of course, Catholic High, uh, first time in the history of the school, made it to the top 28 last year. Uh, in that, uh, so uh, with uh, what maybe five or six football players, will be playing on uh, the f- uh, basketball team this year. Is that pretty accurate? So they have they have more, quite a few more than five or six. Okay, I know um, Tristan, I know, Tristan the, Lewis, uh, Jade Mitchell, Chris Green, uh, the three that come to yep. my mind. Well, they have, have Connor Segur out there, Gerard Shank, um, all right, um, 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 Karan Eugene. Uh, I think Ron Judis is playing again. There's quite a few that that play. Um, okay, that we playing. Jacob Menville's playing. Okay, um, Job is playing. Right. He played yes. football this year. So you know, there's there's quite a few guys. Um, and there's a lot of young guys too that are playing JV and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, like you said, you know, I was hoping that uh, Coach Case had to wait a little bit longer to get those sure. guys out there. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, but I'm sure he's not. He's not disappointed. He's not too disappointed. Yeah. As far as getting them back, I'm sure he's disappointed <laughs> their football season's over. But right. I'm sure he's happy to have them back. Well, Catholic High didn't play a home basketball game until January 2nd, 24, against Delcom, which opens up. Uh, I think it'll be the uh, first or second district. <coughs> excuse me, district game of the year. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, there'll be road warriors for about a half a dozen, ten games and all. So, uh, yep. with that, the ladies open up their season uh, with a win over uh, Centerville, uh, 42-8. to Wow. And then came back and played a Turlings uh, team that's pretty powerful. And they got, uh, likewise, the school's kind of turned around on them, 44-15. to So, uh, they play again tonight at 530. Don't know have uh, uh, an opportunity to see what the score of that game is. And then they play again uh, uh, tomorrow night uh, against David Thibodeau. So, uh, anyway, the girls, the guys, uh, basketball is on their way right now, uh, Coach. So, uh, with that, anyway, uh, with that, uh, we need to take a little quick break here and come back and uh, talk about some soccer with the boys and girls and some odds and ends. So, you listen to the CHS Coaches Show here on Kane Radio. We'll be back with uh, some soccer news right after this. We specialize in auto and truck glass repair and replacement, window motors and frameless shower doors. We also handle plexiglass and storefront repair and replacement. Give us a call at 365-9311 or come by and see us at 1006D 20 Arpit Road in New Iberia. 
So for all your glass needs, remember, R&R Glass First. Thank you, and God bless. Hi, I'm Tony Landry for Gulf America Wire Rope in Catholic High School. And at Gulf America Wire Rope is an all-field service company which is dedicated to speedy customer service and technical leadership. Gulf America Wire Rope is owned and operated by brothers Jed and Drew LeBlanc, both CHS graduates. Their knowledge and leadership skills were obtained through CHS has brought them success in the business world. Go visit Jed and Drew at their Broussard location, and they're always ready to talk CHS sports. And remember, go Big Red. Freeman's Food and Furniture has been locally owned and operated since 1941. With their 18,000 square foot showroom floor, Freeman's Furniture Store is certain to have what you're looking for. Need a comfortable mattress, Tempur-Pedic and Sealy are like no other, and they're only available at Freeman's. With 60-month interest-free financing, you couldn't sleep better. Freeman's Food and Furniture Complex, located on the corner of Hopkins and Admiral Doyle Drive, right here in New Iberia. Visit Freeman's soon. The tradition continues. Hi, I'm Donald Hennigan with Hennigan Team Dentistry. I, along with my entire team, have served Iberia Parish and the surrounding communities for the past 39 years. I'm happy to announce that my daughter, Dr. Abigail Hennigan Daly, has just recently joined us as a dental associate. Together, we commit to offering the best possible dental care in a relationship of trust and confidence. Call our office today at 364-2156 and allow us to change the way you feel about dentistry. Go Panthers! Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome back to the CHS Coaches Show. And uh, quickly, boys soccer uh, uh, coach looks like uh, doesn't really get underway until sometime in December uh, for their first match against uh, Westgate. Uh, Karen Crow, Terlings, Erath, New Iberia High. Meanwhile, the ladies, uh, they uh, opened up their season on the 16th against Homer Christian and won that match by the score of 7-3. So uh, they play again on the 25th against Southside, uh, followed by Kaplan, Acadiana, Erath, Lafayette, New Iberia. So uh, soccer in swing along with basketball and all coaching. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, any other uh, info uh, with school you'd like to relay uh, on the air. Um, not a whole much going, on, whole bunch going on right now with the the break and everything. But I will mention that the boys' soccer team did have a scrimmage on Saturday, last Saturday, oh, okay. the eighteenth, um, against Bergman's Academy. They did win the scrimmage six one. It wasn't an official game, but All right. so they are kind of getting things going. Um, I think Coach Heltrahall is trying to get their guys more ready. Um, once they get all the football guys back and all that kind of stuff before they really get to the games. All right. Well, uh, with that, Coach, uh, we're going to end our show. Uh, congratulations on the good year. Uh, of course, you'd like to be playing Thanksgiving week. But in the meantime, of course, the CHS Coaches Show was brought to you in part by Gulf America Wild Rope, Romero's Power Sports, Successional Wealth Management, the Landscape Ranch, Freeman Furniture, Allstate Credit, R&R Glass, Hennigan Team Dentistry, the UPS Store, Catholic High School, Patu, Integrity Rentals, B&L Engine Repair, Gulf Marine, Action Specialties, HMC Forms, uh, Dr. Seth Rosenzweig's Group, United Fire and Safety, Swing Insurance, Stepco Products, Colder CPAs, HIS Fire and Safety, and Musso's Investment Group. And with that, we'll say good night and God bless. Kawasaki Jet Ski Watercraft, Kawasaki and Romero Power Sports makes it easier than ever to put yourself on your dream machine. Right now, Romero Power Sports and Kawasaki are offering their lowest payments of the year on all Kawasaki vehicles. Choose from the great lineup of Kawasaki motorcycles, ATVs, watercraft mule utility vehicles, and the Terex lineup of SUVs. Whatever you need, Romero Power Sports and Kawasaki offer great prices, financing, and the famous Romero service after the sale. Kawasaki and Romero's Power Sports, let the good times roll at 900 South Lewis Street in New Iberia. 
Catholic High School is dedicated to the development of 4th through 12th grade students through academic excellence and Christ-centered values rooted in caring discipline, compassion, and zeal. CHS offers a variety of classes to serve all students, including band, photography, dual enrollment college credit courses, as well as 14 sports for male and female students. Call us today for your personal tour and visit www.chspanthers.com for more details. At Sesta Wealth, our goal is simple. We want to help you define, reach, and exceed your financial goals. Using our processes, we prepare clients for both the expected and unexpected life brings us. No one can predict the future, but we can certainly help prepare for it at Sesta Wealth. For all that we expect in life and what we don't expect in life, we strive to prepare clients for all life has to offer. So for all life has to offer, contact Bert Sesta and Jenny Vize at Sesta Wealth. Securities offered through Triad Advisors, LLC, member of FINRA, SIPC. Investment advice offered through GWM Advisors, a registered investment advisor. GWM Advisors and Sesta Wealth are separate entities from Triad Advisors, LLC. BNL Engine Service is in need of two diesel technicians who are experienced in repairing and servicing 18-wheelers. You must have your own tools, transportation, and a clean driving record. Pay is dependent upon experience. Benefits include employee health care, holiday pay, and vacation pay. Call 337-365-2111 for more information. Once again, call 337-365-2111. 